This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, and this extraordinarily short podcast is commentary for pages 388 to 392. Page 388 into the wild gray yonder, so this is the wrap-up page that I wasn't able to talk about on the last podcast, and as I said on that podcast, there's really not a lot to talk about. So Evan basically says that, yes, they have got a lead on Breas and Prath, and now they have to go because Durad already know about it. You may be wondering how Evan knows that they know about it, which you will find out soon enough, and that they are going to be leaving as soon as possible. And there's this little moment where Tresca just looks back at Mika and nothing is said, and Evan realizes that there's something going on, he doesn't care, he doesn't want to deal with it, so he just tells him, deal with it yourselves, it's really not my problem, and that they're leaving. And Tresca puts the cap on that scene by basically just shutting down Mika entirely, just saying that he doesn't want really anything much to do with her at all anymore. Page 389, Where There's Smoke. This is one last beautiful page that I wanted to do before I basically end this trip in hell. And I know that Joe and Chris Broodloss gave me shit for changing the environments so quickly, but ultimately I didn't really have a lot of story left to tell between you know near Tendra and what's going to happen in the next scene while I didn't have any story to tell between it, so there was no reason to have some big long travel thing, there was nothing that really needed exposing or anything like that, so it was time to just get a move on with it. And also it was a good opportunity to just get out of the damn snow, because I'd really done nearly a hundred pages, I guess, in the snow, and it was really, I'd had enough of it. So this was an opportunity to have you know, a nice colorful page that was sort of pleasant, and then sort of walking off into the sunset, I guess sort of prematurely, since there's still more story left, but this is kind of in a way that the walking off into the sunset page for, for this comic. And you can see that Tresca and Mika are walking on opposite sides of Evan and Annika, and both of them have their arms crossed for two reasons. One, because it's kind of cold there. The idea is that they've come down from the mountains, but it's still a little chilly where they are, so they're kind of folding their arms across their chest to keep a little warmer. But also because they're sort of uncomfortable and kind of standoffish right now. You'll also notice that Tresca has her hand wraps on for the first time in a very, very long time. I think the last time you saw it was before they went to near Tendra, so that's back. And also, this is one of these pages that I just wound up changing a lot in Photoshop. Not even, not so much changing a lot in Photoshop, but just fixing a lot of stuff in Photoshop. The first problem was that all the people in the first panel were sort of slid over too far to the right. Mika was almost touching the panel edge on the right-hand side. And so I had to recenter both of those. But the bigger change was that the panels 2 and 3 with Mika and Tresca were originally reversed. Tresca was panel 2 and then Mika was panel 3. And I decided to change that because originally the, the point of the reaction shot on Tresca was that Annika took a little swipe at the food in Near Tendra by saying that maybe they could go someplace decent for dinner, you know, suggesting that the food in Near Tendra wasn't. And the idea was that Tresca was just going to be not responding to that, because normally that's the kind of thing that Tresca would get angry about and, and start an argument, but in this case she wasn't because she was still upset about the whole situation. And after I got the page finished, I sort of realized that it would be better to swap the panels with Mika and Tresca, because if you looked at the page before, they were kind of looking at each other. You know, Mika was looking kind of at Tresca, and Tresca was kind of looking at Mika. Even though they were different panels, they were looking in the same direction. And by reversing the two of them, one thing happened also is that, you know, they are located correctly relative to each other. You know, if you're facing them from the front, Mika would be on the left and Tresca would be on the right, so that that got fixed. But more importantly, 
Mika is looking away from Tresca, and Tresca is looking away from Mika. And I figured that that was more important than showing that Tresca wasn't rising to Annika's bait about the food in near Tendra. So ultimately, if you look at the original line art for this page, it does look quite a bit different. You know, everyone's kind of squished over to the right-hand side in the first panel, and then also Mika and Tresca are swapped. And of course, you can see the smoke in the second-to-last panel, which is kind of a indication that there's something about to go on. And of course, the kind of ironic comment that's, that Mika makes in the last one, isn't that an awful lot of smoke? It's like, boy, that engine sure is making a lot of noise right before the airplane crashes kind of comment. Page 390, The Inferno's Maw. So here we actually are kind of into the hell environment that I sort of wanted for the final part of the strip, is that everything is going to be sort of bathed in this red sort of flames and basically kind of an interpretation of hell. The original idea for the scene was to have multiple buildings on fire, but I decided that one was plenty and there was no real need to do a whole lot more than that. And also, even though in the last page Evan said that they were going to get to the town while it was still light, if you look at the town, it doesn't really look like it's very light. It looks like it's actually dark, if not just at the very cusp of twilight. And I I sort of just decided that it would be better to have that because it would look better to have the flames really bright and everything else kind of dark around it. And furthermore, if you're in a scene like that where you've got a huge, brilliant light source like the flames of burning building, it tends to dominate the rest of the environment anyway, so everything does look darker than it normally would you know, next to it by comparison. So from the dialogue in this page, you can get the idea that Evan and Alan know each other, and if you're reading between the lines, you'll understand from Alan's comment in the second panel that he was the person who called Evan away at the feast in near Tendra when Mika was talking to Evan and Evan got called away. That was Alan who called him away and said, hey, you know, we know where Brea Semprath is, we think, and we're going to go look for it. You can kind of tell if, you, if you're reading closely that that's what happened here. And, of course, Annika, upon realizing that Evan and Alan may, in fact, know each other, is, is very pissed about that, but Evan realizes that this is important enough to, to really not indulge her in her hatred for the Durad and just tells her basically to shut the hell up, which in a way is also kind of a snarky comment on Annika's position in the strip, which is basically she's been such a minor character, and she wasn't intended to be, but all the important stuff with Annika was supposed to happen after the prologue, and as it stands now, there's not going to be an after the prologue, so Annika just kind of wound up being this other character that kind of tags along with them but doesn't really have any role in the story. And so Evan telling her to shut up is also kind of a little comment on that. And of course, Alan also recognizes Annika. You know, in addition, she of course recognizes him because he's dressed like a Durad. But he recognizes her, of course, because you know it's his job. He's supposed to know her, and also, of course, the bounty and everything like that. So, so he knows who she is. Page three ninety one. Civil disobedience is still disobedience. I mentioned this on Alpha Rant. This is one of my favorite titles in the strip, which is a reference to the greatest page in the universe from Maddox who had this image of, I forget what the context was, but he had an image with the little bubble people like you see on the crosswalk signs or on the street signs. And one of the bubble people was a pregnant woman on her knees holding her hands over her head. And standing next to her was a police officer with big baton held up high, getting ready to hit her with it. And above it, it said, civil disobedience. And beneath it, it says, is still disobedience which I just found riotously funny, and so that's what this is a reference to. In, in reference to Sydney basically deciding that she was going to go mental on these people, even though they hadn't, you know, they weren't even necessarily stonewalling her. They probably didn't actually know what she was looking for. But, you know, she expected people to tell her immediately where this thing was, and they couldn't do it, so she decided she was going to take it out on them. There's good interaction, I think, between Evan and Alan 
in this page, you can tell that there's you know, kind of a, a relationship between them. It's really not explored at all in any depth, but you can tell that they, there's something going on, that they know each other, and there's a relationship that's been around for a while. Alan is obviously somewhat bothered by what's going on, and he's in this position where he's kind of conflicted. On the one hand, he you know he wants to do his duty and, and be loyal to his commanding officer, but on the other hand, she does these things that deeply disturb him, it, which you can also see in the scene where they're sitting on the cliff watching Mika kill all the Dread. Alan's really bothered by that, but he doesn't want to directly contradict Sydney, not only because she'd probably kill him, but also just because he, you know, he wants to do the right thing as far as he wants to do his job, you know. And of course the relationship between Evan and Alan is an interesting one, but I won't have time to expand on it in the comic. In panel three you can see Mika starting to enter in on the right of the page while Evan and Alan are having this little sort of chat about what's going on and you know getting reoriented. Mika's coming in. She doesn't really give a crap about any of this and just wants to know where Sydney is. And, and there's a, I really like the moment between Evan and Alan where Alan says, you know, for what it's worth, he didn't, you know, the suggestion being that he didn't, you know, burn down the buildings or kill anyone or do anything like that because he values Evan's opinion, doesn't want Evan to think that he's some kind of evil guy. And, you know, and Evan has faith in his friend and says, yeah, I know you didn't, man. So anyways, Mika demands to know where Sydney is, and then, of course, it turns out she's in the orphanage, which is, you know, it's a super cliche thing to, to do, but on the other hand, I don't really care at this point. I mean, it was as good a building as any, and besides, if Sydney was going to really try to mess with the people of this town, she probably would go after the kids, so I guess an orphanage is as good a building as any. You'll also notice that he says the orphanage next door as opposed to the orphanage right in front of you because I did this big building and I wanted to open up the scene with them standing in front of this building that was engulfed in flames. But it sort of became apparent that the building was too engulfed in flames. And, you know, any building engulfed in flames would just be too much. There's no way that Mika's going to run into that, nor is Sydney going to stick around in a building that's completely engulfed in flames already. She would have probably gotten out. So it's the orphanage next door. And then, you know, the next door building is also going to have the flames kind of come in to it from the adjacent building, and so that's why I decided to send Mika to the, the next building over. Page 392, Final Orders, so pretty self-explanatory title, I think. The text bubbles in the first panel on this page were kind of annoying because, you know, you want to read left to right, but all the dialogue is actually happening sort of from right to left. Mika's the first person to speak, then Alan, and then Evan, and so I have to have this big long tail coming off of the first bubble and then you know a fairly long one coming off of Evans too to make it kind of seem like they're in the correct order and actually they're still technically not Evans is left of Mika's but you know the top to bottom orientation I think makes it clear who's talking when Alan's reaction is pretty good here I mean you can tell that he's kind of he, he snaps very quickly at the, at the suggestion that Mika's can go in and, and deal with Sydney and Mika also does have a good point in the second panel about that being why Evan brought Mika along was to fight Sydney. I mean, that was literally the exact reason that, that he did bring her along, even though when it came right down to it, he, he, he hesitated not only in near Mara, but also here when Mika says she's going to go fight Sydney. Evan says, well, wait a second, hang on. But Mika makes a good point that, well, that is why he brought her along. And it's one of the few times she actually does that, too. I mean, it's not often that Mika's making points that are kind of impossible to argue with. And I was sort of, in, in panel four, it's kind of difficult to tell that Mika is responding to Alan's comment about, you know, bringing Sydney out alive or he's personally going to rip her or whatever. It wasn't clear because, of course, Evan speaks after that, which he kind of has to, right? I mean, he can't react to what Alan is saying before Alan says it. But, you know, with Mika in the next panel reacting, 
it's not 100% clear that she was reacting to Alan, and I was kind of bummed out that that did, in fact, confuse some people, but I don't know. I mean, there's, it's kind of difficult to to avoid it, really. I mean, the only other option would be to have Evans saying nothing at all, which I didn't want. I wanted him to actually say something. I'm also a little bit dissatisfied with Mika's expression in panel four, which was supposed to be a lot more ambiguous than it is. I mean, it's still somewhat ambiguous. You can look at it and kind of read it in a couple of ways. But I wanted to be really unclear what exactly her attitude was. As it stands in the final comic, she's smiling a little bit too much. And I wanted it to be I wanted it to be an expression that you could kind of read as a smile, or maybe you could kind of read it as sort of indifference or kind of just you know, not be entirely clear. One thing she's she's definitely not smirking in this sort of way that, that Sydney would, but I still yeah, I still wanted to be even more vague as to as to what she was doing because you know it is a moment when she is kind of conflicted. On the one hand, she's baiting Alan by saying, "You know, you promise you're really going to kill me," but on the other hand, you know, there's a part of her that's actually kind of serious. She's thinking, "Well, hmm, maybe if I kill Sydney, and then he will come out and 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 he'll kill me." So that's yeah, that didn't work out quite as well as I was sort of hoping. And this is one of the pages that probably the background people on this page, especially in, let's see, what, the first panel, and then also the person behind Evan in the last panel, probably the most detailed background people you're ever going to see in Falcon Twins, so um, enjoy it while it's there, I suppose. And as within the last podcast, there's still one more page in this scene that you know needs to be done, but I got a podcast that I got to post up in about two hours, and I don't have the page because I did the holiday page instead, so... Um, so I'm going to cover that on the next podcast. And finally tonight, the aforementioned holiday page, which is actually, I think, one of the first pages... Maybe not. It's one of the few, anyways, the few one-off pages that actually has a title besides just holiday whatever, or you know, Halloween whatever. Uh, and I think the title, again, kind of explains itself. Brent, before I did the page, was suggesting that I should have... Brent from Virgin Worlds suggested that I should have Tresca in some kind of skimpy elf outfit or something, but wasn't really in the mood for a happy Christmas image because it's not exactly the happiest holiday season I've ever had, especially with my sort of ambivalent feelings about Falcon Twin. You know, you know as, as it's kind of wrapping up, my ambivalent feelings towards you know the fact that it is going to be wrapped up and, and also the just the state in which it is as uh, as a finished product. So, yeah, I wasn't really in the mood for a, a happy Christmas image because I'm never really all that happy anyway, especially around the holidays, so... I wasn't really sure how to do Mika in this page because I wanted it to be possible to see her expression, but my original sort of mental picture of it was going to be looking from inside out towards the snow through a, through a window. And the problem with that was that, you know, if I did that, then you'd only be able to see Mika really in silhouette, so you wouldn't have been able to see her her face. And I was thinking maybe I could convey her her feelings, you know, from behind just by by body language, but I really didn't think that I was going to be able to pull that off, so ultimately I wound up doing this, which I kind of thought of at the last minute, you know, that I could actually just do it from outside looking in, and that way you'd still be able to see the snow, you'd still be able to see Mika inside sort of holding herself and, and crying, almost shaking because she's crying so hard. This is a, one of the rare pages that I actually did in full color, although you know, by the time I ended up putting all the filters on it so that it actually looked like it was kind of moonlight you can't really tell. But yeah, I actually did the whole thing in full color, and there's little bits of it you can see, like some of the highlights on the sides of you know, Mika's, uh, her elbows, for instance, and on the side of her shirt, you can see they're kind of orangish. And then there's also some purple stuff underneath her arms. I don't know, doing images in color is kind of interesting in, 
a challenge for me since I don't usually do it so often, but it is kind of a fun thing to do sometimes. And this is, I was thinking about doing the entire image on the computer, maybe in Art Rage or something, but I'm still not comfortable enough with that yet because I like to have a source image that's much, much larger than the actual image that you see here. I mean, the source image is like 2,500 pixels wide or something, and of course the final one is 700. I'm just not used to doing line art at that size in Photoshop, or for that matter, in, in Art Rage, because I don't use Art Rage all that much because I'm just in Photoshop all the time. And nor do I really do any real line art in in any computer program. So I wound up doing this kind of the same way that I do the pages. I did the outline and everything in pencil, and then I did all the shading and all the rest of that stuff in Photoshop. So that's it for today, and I guess this didn't wind up being as short as I was kind of anticipating, so yay, as Gaming Steve would say. Don't forget to check out Alpha Rant number 260. I made a post about this on the front page, but people don't seem to read those all that much. I wonder why. So, yeah, I went on the Alpha Rant show about a week and a half ago, and, and that was a good time. I had a good time talking to them, and I was sort of hoping that it was only going to take an hour because I still had work to do on the page when they called me up on Skype, and we wound up talking for like two and a half hours. So, But it was worth it, and I had a good time, and I think the show came out pretty well, and we talked about Falcon Twin and video games and all sorts of other interesting things that I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing if you are listening to this podcast. Anyway, so if you have questions or comments... Oh, who cares? You never have questions or comments. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there. <laughs>